Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Sam. Hey, Britt. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Busy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just getting ready for the holidays this weekend. Yes, I'm excited for it. My mom and stepdad will be in town tomorrow. So looking forward to having them here for Christmas. Yeah, we have everybody here already um, in town. So just finding a quiet place to record and hanging out. And it's and that elf keeps doing so many naughty things in our house. <laughs> so I'm ready to see him go back to the North Pole for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's been busy this month, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He must be on Pinterest finding just a ton of ideas that he hasn't done for the last five years. <laughs> That's great. Do you guys have any fun plans? You know, we just have everybody um, at our house in Wisconsin, and the plan is to relax, board games, lots of cards. As as usual, I'd like to take some money from my family via gambling over the weekend <laughs> in the spirit of the holidays. <laughs> That's the plan. How about you? Um, we don't have anything crazy planned. Uh, it's been about two years since my husband has seen my mom and stepdad because of COVID. So this holiday is pretty special to finally get everybody back together. So we're looking forward to it. I'm sure my mom and I will cook up some sort of feast together one night, but really just relaxing. Yeah, it. I do think the relaxing is is definitely a common theme, and it feels like more important now than ever. I, I don't know. At first, I said I have COVID fatigue. I've been in the house, and I'm I just need to get out. Now that everything's kind of returning to a level of normalcy, it's like well, now I have fatigue from my normal activities. <laughs> so you can't win. No, no, you can't. Well, before we get into the holidays and relaxing, I'm excited to kick off this podcast today with some of our friends um, that we're really excited to have them share their story, their, their personal and professional story. They are two incredible entrepreneurs, and I like to call them our powerhouse friends because they are a powerhouse couple. So today we have Amy and Jesse Hudson on our podcast. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey guys, happy to be here. Yeah, really excited for this. Thanks for having us on. Of Thanks course. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you, you know, guys so much. We know how busy you are and how hard it is to fit this in between being parents, business owners, working full-time jobs. I mean, we really appreciate your time and really excited to share with our audience just how successful you guys have been and all your your hot tips for that. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I would love to just have you guys start by telling us about yourselves personally, professionally, what really led you into the world of franchising? Awesome. Well, I will get started. So I'm Amy Hudson and the wife of Jesse Hudson here. Um, my introduction to franchising came through uh, getting introduced to a business that I ended up becoming a franchise owner of. So uh, we have three locations of The Exercise Coach, which is a national franchise. And I started off as a client at a local studio. Um, Jesse, at the same time, got into um, 
a role as a franchise development director for that brand. And as a perk, I got to start exercising at one of the local studios as a client. And um, I just fell in love with the brand. I learned a lot about how that particular brand changed people's lives, clients' lives being changed every day, um, had wonderful uh results myself as well. And so I uh, decided that I'd love to, if we were to go into business together one day, that that would be a brand that we would love to to have and own and operate. And so we moved to Minnesota with our family out of the Chicago area where I used to be a client. And once we moved up to this area, I said, let's, you know, I can't live without the exercise coach. I want to open a studio. And so we opened our first location um, back in 2017. And now we have two more. Yeah. And uh, this is Jesse, um, Amy's husband. Um, and 10 years ago in 2011, I went to work for Exercise Coach um, as the first full-time corporate employee. Actually, the brand had four units open in the U.S. And we had known the co-founders, Brian and Jerry Ann Sagan, for a few years as, as family friends. We actually knew them through a local church that we attended, that they attended. And so I knew that he had this personal training business that he had just brought in some unique technology and wanted to franchise it. And I just sort of said, hey, if you ever need help, you know, franchising your exercise coach model, um, I'd love to at least be able to talk to you about that because I've always been entrepreneurial. I grew up in a family with a decent amount of entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurs in my family than most people might have in, in most families. And so um, one day he said, I'm, I'm ready to franchise. I have my FDD and ready to go and I need somebody to work for me. And that was kind of the start. So it was neat to have that opportunity and then to see the internal workings of a brand as it grew and invest in it as a family business was something that was um, was kind of unique. So that's kind of how I started in my corporate journey with Exercise Coach about 10 years ago. So what made you feel like, you know, the Exercise Coach could be a great fit for franchising, Jesse? Why did you feel like their model could be a good fit for that? You know, when I met Brian, I didn't know much about franchising, so um, I didn't really have the perspective of what I do now, which is, you know, I know a lot of franchise brands, a lot of franchisees. But back then, I think I just had an intuition that this was a model that had a very unique target audience, and we still do. Uh, the exercise coach average age of the clientele is somewhere between 53 and 56, depending on you know, which uh, studio you're talking about. But anyway, it's about a decade or sorry, a generation older, one to two decades older than almost all the other fitness franchise offerings in the market. And because of that, it's really unique. When I first went in for my very first workout and when I um, started working for Brian, I was not, I never grew up as an exerciser. I wasn't a gym rat. I wasn't a, a jock in high school. And so I wasn't really, didn't know much about the exercise industry. And I went into this studio and everybody in that room was in their 50s or 60s, and they had all been there for several years or more as clients, and they were working really hard building muscle in the, as they aged. And I just went, this isn't what I expected to see. And the more I talked to Brian about it, the more he pointed out that there's this whole missing demographic in the fitness industry, and that was one of the, the reasons why I was impressed. The second reason, and we could get into it a little bit more later potentially, is this high-tech um, exercise equipment called Exerbotics, which we are the only brand that can use that in the retail fitness industry. And that was something, the actual experience itself is, is quite unique. So there were differentiators that I felt, I remember saying to Amy, um, a lot of people need this. 
And this is something that I think is different. And when you see something different and you see a founder that clearly is passionate, Brian is a very, very thoughtful and hardworking um, entrepreneur, a man of high integrity. I knew that he would put in the work he needed. Um, just my intuition 10 years ago thought maybe it was a, a good brand to take a chance on going to work for. I love some of the things that you said in terms of the differentiators, because, you know, I've heard different quotes and I might not have the exact right statistic, but I've heard things like the average client stays in an exercise you know, location for three months. People get bored because it's a fad all the time and people are intimidated in being in gyms because it's the young 20 somethings. So I really love that about the exercise coach is it seems like you have much better retention rates. Are you seeing that in your studios, Amy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We, we hang on to our retention rates are well above the industry average and our clients um, it's, yeah, they want to stay with us for a long time because they see the results, they feel the results, and they they understand the benefits for their longevity. Um, and so it's a it's a really special relationship that we actually build with them. It's so exciting too that you guys are holding on to that to the, your client base because that's a major thing when we talk to clients of ours is that fitness is scary because there's always something else coming up. Do you think that has to do with the demographic? that you're targeting, that they're less likely to fall victim to the next big thing? Or what else What else contributes to that? Yeah. Are, are you talking about from like a franchise buyer perspective or more from the uh, client perspective? I would say just studio? from your client perspective, certainly. And Jesse, I would love after you answer that question also for you to walk us through a little bit about that franchise buyer, because your path with the exercise coach, certainly you're in, you're really in every arm of their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To answer your question about competition, I mean, the exercise coach really exists and we try to educate new prospects who come in the door for two free sessions about this right out of the gate is that we really exist to overcome obstacles that a lot of people have to getting and staying fit. Um, some of those obstacles include the time requirement um, for, you know, exercising. It's recommended to exercise four to five hours a week. A lot of people just don't have the time. Some people are afraid of getting hurt. They had a surgery or an injury and they don't want to do it wrong and get injured. Some people just are intimidated by the big gym scene. They're not sure what to do. It's an intimidating place. Or frankly, some people dislike exercise. And so our clients are finding our program to be a solution and one of the few things that overcomes their their previous barriers. And so they're not the same type of person that's going to be really excited to go try every fitness concept under the sun because those other concepts are not overcoming the barriers that they've had. I think that's so interesting just from the perspective of for me I'm an exercise person, but I've I've watched that evolve from my I've worked out through my early 20s and now being in my mid 30s what I want in a gym is different. And so I've always loved that about this model. And, you know, Britt and I have had the opportunity to work with Jesse um, in a previous position and also Amy to get to know you during that process. And you guys just are such great representatives of this brand and franchisees in general. Jesse, if you just would walk us through, I know we got kind of a, an idea of how you got involved, but can you talk to us? You've been an investor. You're the first corporate employee. You work in franchise sales. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into that? 
Yeah, I, I, I joke that when you ask me about the word you, it depends on which role I'm talking about. Am I the development guy? Am I the franchisee? Am I one of the you know sort of corporate uh, investor group? But um, that's kind of neat in one sense, right? You guys know in, in franchising that um, a lot of people, you know, and it makes sense. They work for a brand for a couple of years and then they move to another brand. There's a lot of, you know, transition in the in the uh, franchise industry at a professional level. Being able to be with one brand for a long time um, and really see the growth from startup to emerging to now really established national um, has been a lot of fun for us. I think, you know, Amy and I both have developed such a strong passion and belief that business ownership can change and enhance your life. Um, that it's, you know, it can be hard work to start a business. Obviously, nobody should think that it's as easy as, you know, just deciding to do something and then and then signing an agreement. I mean, there's going to be some work involved. But the freedom and flexibility that we've seen franchisees uh, accomplish through Exercise Coach and that we have started to accomplish, being able to build a business with the other things going on has been um, really, really unique and something that we certainly cherish. You know, and the kids at home, having three daughters, um, them seeing their mom as a, as a boss business owner, you know, uh, seeing her really uh, chart a path. She used to be a teacher, a successful career. Now she's uh, in business. They're seeing that entrepreneurship and um, and working as as an employee in a corporation, because we both do one of each, um, are both valid paths in life. And, and so many people just don't know that business ownership is something that they could really accomplish. And I think franchising is really that vehicle that we all know can speed up that time frame for so many uh, business owners. Um, for me personally, I've grown as a professional because I've had different roles, because I've been you know, startup. I, I was working in ops and real estate, so I can read a lease. I can design a floor plan. I can pick paint colors and carpet squares and, and all that stuff. Um, I've done sales, and so I can do franchise development. I've done high-level strategy, been able to help format and and shape, you know, documents and processes and procedures. And now I just get to talk to uh, potential business owners all day, every day on the phone. And it's really exciting to meet people from all around the country one of the common elements to why they like the exercise coach is it's simple. It is uh, relatively low initial investment compared to just about anything else, brick and mortar. And the culture at exercise coach, when you talk to the leadership team, the founder, the COO, it's an incredibly warm, thoughtful, deep family culture. And so it attracts people that really want to find not only a, a brand that has a mission, which is to change people's lives in exercise and wellness, but also a support system that's going to make it easier for maybe somebody who uh, it's their first time in business and people come through the process and say, these folks care about their franchisees. Uh, they're super warm and inviting. They're transparent and honest people. And that co corporate culture combined with the simplicity of the model really brings in, I think, a buyer that's looking for meaning and also looking for something that's manageable for their first business um, as, a, as a new entrepreneur. Yeah, I think it definitely checks a lot of the boxes that our clients look for. But I want to know, who are you looking for as the development guy, as someone who's invested with the franchisor? Amy is a fellow franchisee. Who do you want to be, you know, the ideal franchisees that purchase an exercise coach? I would say I'm sitting next to a good example. So um, one profile is definitely the family, local family connected to the community. Um, somebody who wants to make a difference in their lives. So we have a decent number of owners, kind of like um, Amy and I, 
where one of the two in the couple takes the role as the uh, owner and, and builds one or more stores. We also have a decent amount of successful sort of later stage professionals, people in their 50s or 60s who have made a career um, working for corporations at high levels. And they don't want to be on a plane 100 days a year. They don't want to be, you know, taking phone calls at 10 o'clock at night from an investor or from the CEO. They're just kind of done with that. And they've made some money and they've saved some money. And, you know, they really do see that quality and connection to their local community um, is really important at this stage. I would say it's also a sneaky good uh, brand for a younger person who maybe doesn't have a super high net worth or a lot of a capital, but wants to work in a business. And you all know sometimes in franchising, we talk about semi-absentee or uh, manage the manager, which this absolutely is. You do not need to work full-time in your studio. But we do have a number of very successful younger franchisees who just love working in their business and do a really good job. So it's also manageable for that person, you know, maybe transitioning out of the military, maybe somebody coming out of operations in an in industry where they don't want to work you know, um, in, in that industry anymore. So I would say those are the three main profiles that we tend to resonate most with. Um, but all of them have to have, I asked them this first question on the first call. If a friend or family member said to you, why are you looking at buying a business? How would you answer that? And if there's not an intention there, if it's just, well, I've heard that it's good to have a secondary income source, or I, you know, if it's just cerebral and there's not this, you know, I've always really been interested in building my own business, or I've always really wanted to be able to leave corporate America. We want that person to have a real drive to uh, develop something. And I've found that the answer to that question is really predictive of maybe how far along they get in the process with us. I love that. My line always has been, you know, what is your personal compelling reason for business ownership? You have to have a really deep why right? It can't just be more wealth. Everybody wants more wealth and diversification, but what is your deep personal compelling reason for business ownership? So I really love that you ask and dig into that on the first call. So Amy, I'd love to hear, we just heard kind of who we're looking for, for the exercise coach, which of our clients might be a right fit, but I'd love to hear from your perspective as a franchisee, you started with one studio after being a client in Illinois and opening up your studio in the Twin Cities. Give us kind of an idea of where you've scaled from there and what day in the life looks like for you as a franchisee. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so our 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 goal is to bring um, one of my one of my reasons, one of my whys uh, in doing this particular brand is is the joy of bringing wellness and health to my community through this particular franchise. And so, with that in mind, we you know desire to keep expanding as much as we possibly can. Um, we have three studios now, so my main focus, you know, as we've gone from one to two to three locations, is scaling and scaling well. And so a day in my life, I focus my time on overseeing and mentoring my managers who are my eyes and ears, my hands and feet within the studios on the ground serving our clients each day. I'm not the one working in my locations, but I want to make sure that my whole team is great and solid. And I do that through the mentorship of my managers. And so I meet with them every week um, and monthly to talk about sales goals, leadership needs, how can I help support those things, what training initiatives might we need to make sure our staff is fantastic and stellar and delivering the service that we we shoot for um, across our locations. 
as well as just strategic marketing goals, you know, overseeing my marketing plan, making sure it's working, um, optimizing that as needed over time as it evolves, and then community engagement. I like to be an ambassador of my brand locally as well. By being outside of my business, I'm able to join chambers of commerce, speak at local rotaries, those kind of things to build brand awareness locally and to establish relationships as another marketing tool, as another marketing stream to bring in new clients to our studios. So that is my main role, um, that overseeing, that delegator, and developer, as well as community engagement uh, li liaison, I guess. You, I think you just really gave a description of the perfect franchisee. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think every franchisor that listens to this is like, yeah, does Amy want to buy a different franchise too? Are they going to scale? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty exciting. And I think mom to mom and, and Jesse too, parent to parent, how do you guys balance that? two big careers, three businesses in the franchise industry, three lovely girls and, that are in tons of activities. How do you make time for everything and what does that look like? I think the biggest key to making sure that you're able to maintain that balance, and honestly for us, it just looks like making sure we have enough bandwidth to be present and to be engaged with our daughters and um, to take the time for the family to build that family dynamic and those relationships travel with them as possible. And for my, for me, um, the main way I do that is by effective leadership. So if I can hire, if I can scale, if I can make sure that I don't need to be putting out fires every single week or the one on the phone or doing those tedious little tasks that, that keep the business running that my employees should be doing or can do easily and, and sometimes better than me, that to me is my biggest thing that I can do is to free my time up then to manage home and, and be present with, with my daughters and to keep my work weeks a low amount of hours, to be honest, at the end of the day. So I'm always working on how can I optimize uh, my effectiveness in that way. Yeah. And I think this is something that I, again, part of my, some people call me a coach more than a salesperson, but uh, I do like to coach my my candidates because some of my candidates will end up buying a different franchise or whatever, maybe five years down the road, they won't do it now, but they might do it later. Right. So I just believe if you if you start with the mindset that you own the business and that it doesn't own you and you make that real, it sounds pithy, but if you don't have that mindset, if you go in and say anything that happens, I got to fix it. If you just kind of go into operator, put out fires mindset, then you are going to be completely controlled by your business, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so just a, an example, um, if we have an issue where for two hours in the morning, a coach can't come in because they're not feeling well, and we can't find coverage, we will, to protect our time and our family, tell the clients that we would we will cancel those two hours and reschedule them rather than make it so that Amy will jump in and, and take that shift. And that is something that when you hear that, it's like, oh, wow, you can't possibly upset your clients. Well, it's seven or eight clients and they're nice people and they love our business and it's by appointment. So we can just say, I'm really sorry, coach so-and-so wasn't feeling well. And we didn't have time to find coverage. We're going to make sure that you get in at another time this week and really work the schedule around that. But that setting that boundary, setting boundaries with your staff and with your customers, that the owner isn't too good to do that. Amy has coached before and she's a tremendous coach. She's not above it, but that's not her role in the organization. And then holding firm to those boundaries, 
really helps you create that sort of separation. I will also brag on her every morning at six or 6.30 or whenever she wakes up, which is usually before me a little bit. Um, she's sitting there with her daily planner. She has an organized way of, of prioritizing things and really setting up what she's going to accomplish that day or that week. And so I see somebody who doesn't just wake up and check the inbox and start freaking out. I mean, she really knows what she's going to accomplish that week because things will happen. But if you don't have the margin for it, and if you're not prioritizing your big goals and then fitting in the little stuff here and there, um, then you really are going to get stuck. So I'll say that another thing that she's really good at is just um, setting boundaries, uh, delegating and making sure that um, she gets the big stuff done and then uh, the little stuff can fit in if it comes up. That's great. I love that. I love that you're bragging on your wife like this. And I love that you called yourself uh, Coach Hudson a minute ago because that is truly how we know you, Coach Jesse. So, Coach, what other words of wisdom, if you could share one piece of advice for somebody that's never owned a business before and they are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, what is that one piece of advice you'd give them? I would say there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Um, it's like asking, you know, a teacher, what's one thing you need to learn in this class? Um, <laughs> it, I'm trying to pick a good one that sort of overarches lots of other things. I would say this. Where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in three years? And just ask them a question and let them start talking. Um, because it's easy when you look at franchising to see it as an alternative to a job or a career that you don't like in the short term, getting you away from something, which it can do. And we know a lot of people who have done better in their business than they ever did in their career. But you're going to sign an agreement and buy a franchise. Most franchise agreements are 10 years. Sometimes they're shorter or longer, but um, industry standards around 10 years. And so you're going to be driving a business and a business can do things that a job can't do. There are benefits and, and things that a business can bring to you in your life that uh, that a career can't, but usually they really manifest themselves two or three years in, right? And so I would ask that person, where do you want to be in three years? What is your life? What's the vision that you're trying to build? Because I think a short-term decision, a short-term mindset out of a short-term sort of issue, sometimes it can absolutely work out. But if there's not a vision of where you're going, um, I think that can be a challenge. So I really want that person to say, in three years, I'd love to be able to go to my kid's baseball game at 3 p.m. and not worry about getting a phone call from my boss. I'd like to be able to work at our second cabin home or on vacation by logging in two hours a day. Um, I've had people say, I want to be the first business owner in my family, um, third generation you know, immigrant, and this is a, a, a box that we've wanted to check forever. And you know, they have this why, this, this, this goal. So if you can't articulate that, I think going in, you need to find either a, a different time to investigate or potentially just think about um, maybe now is not the, not the right time for that. So I would encourage a medium term view when you're going through the process of, of considering opening a business. Wow. What? That's, I mean, that's great advice. And Brittany, we might need to steal that. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. And then Amy, I'd love to direct that same question at you. What is, what's the best piece of advice you've received or that you'd like to give to potential business owners? Yeah. Have you guys ever heard that phrase, you're either winning or learning? Yes. I love that phrase. Yeah. My dad says that a lot. 
Yes. And it was a new one to me when I became an entrepreneur, um, coming out of a different career, being a teacher, I had developed a mastery of what I did, right? So I was comfortable in knowing exactly how to be a teacher, knowing what to do, you know, dotting my T's and, and my I's or whatever. And entrepreneurship and, and starting something new, a, a new business and a new venture is hard. So there's there's a learning curve involved. And it's not something that you're going to master perfectly right out of the gate. And so to give um, yourself the mindset and the reminder that it's not about failing or succeeding. It's about throw the word failure out the window and say, I'm either winning or I'm learning. Taking failures or perceived failures or things that didn't work the way you wanted to as information on how to do better and not not anything that means anything about yourself to me that has been my number one thing because you know it's so tempting and easy to uh, take a failure and make it mean something like okay that means i'm not cut out for this absolutely not you know it's forget that it is information on how you can excel even more in what you're trying to do. And so to me, that's helped me the most because there's just always going to be things that you're learning. There's always going to be things. And the best people take that information and do something with it. So I would say that that's my best piece of advice. I love that. That's really good advice. You've given us a lot of great nuggets today. Anything that we missed, anything that either of you would like to share with us today? I would say, um, especially if you have a family and if you're you're in, you're married, you're building a business to um, enjoy it. Uh, it's fun. It can be challenging. I, we've had times where we've had to figure something out. We've had turnover that was uh, not the great best time for somebody to leave our organization. We've had, you know, obviously COVID was was challenging during a portion of 2020 for the fitness industry. Um, but it can be really fun, and especially for our girls. You know, they'll say, mom, did you did, did, did we sign anybody up today in any of our stores? And she'll pull out the sales report, you know, and they don't really have an idea of like the numbers and the dollars necessarily. Um, but they're just excited to hear that, like, we're building something and that, that, that cool things are happening. And so I would say if you're looking at owning a business, find something you truly think is fun and you enjoy. Uh, research shows that uh, one of the key, it, it may be the number one, but um, it's definitely one of the top two um predictors of financial success in franchising is the the owner's brand passion. So you hear this, you know, don't don't worry about loving what you do, just, you know, find something that you can make money at. And it's like, well, in business ownership, that's not exactly the right dichotomy. So if you wake up in the morning and you like what you do and you like your customers, your clients, your employee base, you're going to work harder and you're going to be more successful. So find something you actually think would be fun to do, whether that's training clients or grooming dogs or, um, you know, building, a, you know, salon suite, you know, whatever it is, there's lots of franchises, but find something where you go, that would be cool. And something that the family would think is cool too. That's going to really help get you through any of those challenging moments that you might have. And then of course, um, lean on the franchisor. If you sign a franchise agreement with a franchisor that's been around for a while and knows what they're doing, they are smarter than you. They know what they're doing. And so your first goal should be learning how to do everything they tell you perfectly before worrying about doing anything else. And I've seen more mistakes made in franchising by people not getting the basics down and chasing shiny objects. Um, so that would be the other thing that I would say. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
I love it all. You guys have, I mean, I feel like I'm taking notes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen back to this a few times. You guys are just awesome and really grateful to have you on the podcast. Even more grateful to call you guys friends. So thank you so much for joining us today. And, and really, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your advice. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And we loved having you on today. Thank you, ladies, so much. Appreciate you and what you guys are doing. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Oh, well, Britt, another amazing entrepreneur story, another great brand all in the mix there. I mean, I feel like it's it's always so inspiring, isn't it? It is. I mean, we know that we love the exercise coach as a brand. It's just a really great business model and it has a great leadership team in place and the proprietary process and equipment and differentiators in the business. So we know that we love it from a business standpoint. I really enjoyed getting to hear about it from the franchisee perspective today, too. Right. And the fact that they have this beautiful family with three young girls, they're always on the move with them and they get to be such an inspiration to their girls and really pull pull that excitement of their business success into their family. I loved hearing that piece of it today. Me too. I mean, hearing like, did we sign up anybody new today? I mean, that's just, that's awesome when you're, especially for young girls, getting involved in business that early. I, I just love it all. And and I hope that everybody loved it too. If you want to learn more about the Exercise Coach or about any of the brands we represent, please feel free to reach out to us at info at franpathconsulting.com. You can follow the Fran Path Consulting Podcast on Apple, Podbean, or Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at FranPath, on LinkedIn and Facebook at FranPath Consulting, or please go to our website, FranPathConsulting.com, for your free business assessment to find out what business may fit you. Have a great week. <music>